You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, September the 1st, and we're broadcasting to you live an hour earlier than usual. This is going to be a two-hour special episode of Webcology, and what a special episode it's going to be. We have amazing guests. You know, one of the ongoing themes of this show is the seemingly limitless pace of change in the online marketing world. From the days of 10 blue links to the integration of search, social, video, and all things segmentable, search has become a mass, a mess of practices, specialties, and, well, confusion. Web design is pretty much standardized. Services like WordPress have eliminated a lot of the difficulty from SEO. We've witnessed countless of algo shifts over the years, and a number of shifts in user behavior is virtually every aspect of life here in North America. Well, it's, it's virtually all gone digital. The only constant is content. No matter what the media, content is a culmination of message. Internet users need something to read, watch, hear, or see. They need an experience, and content is the meat that feeds the monster. And as uh, our guests well know, that monster is constantly hungry. SEO has been practiced for over a decade and a half. Today, we've gathered four content-focused SEOs, each of whom has written about creating content, and some of whom have been doing it since the earliest days of the industry. Miranda Miller is the online marketing manager at Avenue A Marketing. She writes a regular column for Search Engine Watch. Gary Shuklink is a publisher for ppc-advice.com and analytics-advice.com. He, too, is a frequent contributor at Search Engine Watch. Tom Craver is a website database specialist at the Rochester Institute of Technology's E. e. Philip Saunders College of Business. And Tom's frequently quoted in Search Engine Watch. And Jill Whalen, CEO and founder of, high rankings, of HighRankings.com, 
one of the original SEOs, one of the granddams of the search marketing world, Jill could well have been the first to write what most of us what most of us know about content-related SEO. Uh, Jill, Tom, Gary, and Miranda, welcome to Webcology. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Uh, yeah, kind of a roll call. You're all here? You know what? We're going to roll ahead if uh, Miranda and Tom are around. Sound in eventually. Just over an hour ago, Webmaster Radio played an interview from Surgeons uh, and Strategy San Francisco between Dana Todd and Dwayne Forrester in which Dwayne suggests content optimization is the only truly effective form of SEO. Um, starting with Jill, what do you think of a statement like that? What was it? Again, I couldn't hear the whole thing. Well, about an hour ago, uh, Dana Todd um, and Dwayne Forster, in an interview they did at SES San Francisco two weeks ago, uh, was played in which Dwayne suggests content optimization is the only truly effective form of SEO. Jill, what, what would you think of a statement like that? Well, I wouldn't say it's the only form of SEO, but it's certainly a big piece of it. Um, I think, you know, technical issues and, and that kind of stuff is still a big part of SEO and always will be. But if you have your technical um, stuff worked out, your site architecture and things like that, then then uh, content SEO is, is, is uh, the next most important thing. Okay, um... I think you know maybe we should start at the beginning. Um, Tom Craver, can you can you define content in uh, 2011, 2012? Content. Content is um, well, content is king, of course. That's what we all say, right? No, con- content is having unique, good, credible stuff that people want to read, and it has nothing to do with stuffing keywords or all the all the fun tricks that everyone has tried throughout the past, you know, couple decades. It's it's about it's about expressing yourself properly. It's about having the right thing to say and interesting things to say and, and something unique that people will read. Okay, Gary, um, what constitutes content? Um, is the- well, pretty much everything is content these days. I mean, you're talking about uh, contextual paragraph uh, form, long long form, short form. Uh, you know text and bullets, you're talking about images, you're talking about video, you're talking about pretty much anything that you can stick up on a website. So content is all-inclusive at this point, and search engines have really, you know, changed their uh, concept of, you know, what what content is and how it's served up to users with universal search, for example. Uh, so it's pretty much everything th- these days. Uh, Miranda Miller, are you on the line? Okay. Um, Jill, one of, you've been writing about, speaking about, and practicing content-focused SEO since the earliest days of SEO. Um, I was reading through your high-ranking advisor, issue number 313. How often do you publish those? Is that, is that a weekly newsletter? Uh, every other week. So every other week, 313 editions. Yep. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of additions. That's a, that's a long time. And it is. one of your constant writers from from I think almost from day one has been um, Karen uh, Thaxton. Yep, she's now, been a guest writer. Karen is one of the best known content creators in the business. Um, your relationship or partnership with Karen is has got to be over a decade old. With a thousand um, or so yeah. identified. 
Well, with over a thousand ident- identified ranking factors to consider at Google, why has content been so important to your practice for so long? It's really important because it's what makes a connection with your users and your possible customers or clients, really. It's it's a way to keep connected with them. Not everybody's ready to come to your site and buy your products or buy your services. So, you know, they're, they're often just there to look for information, um, get answers to their questions, that sort of thing. So you, you have to have that information available on your website. you got to show that you're an expert in whatever it is that you do. And um, and then, then keep in contact with them through additional content, like a newsletter, like your blog, like your videos, and, and all the other good content stuff that we were talking about. Has, um, over the years, has content-focused SEO changed much? I think it's changed in that um, more people are aware of it. Um, you know, it, in some ways, it's been it's been abused a lot. Everyone thought, you know, I'll just write articles and and I'll I'll stuff keywords in them and then I'll submit them to free article directories. And um, you know, that did work for quite a while. But I think as Google and the other search engines are getting more sophisticated, that doesn't that's not working quite as well anymore, especially after Panda. Um, so I think it's 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 important now to really have quality content, which is what we've been telling people all along, but um, it, it didn't matter quite as much until now. Okay, um, Miranda, you're, you're back in the conversation. Um, do, for the listeners out there, please please pardon us. Um, getting six people together on a Skype conversation, seven people in the studio is no mean feat. Uh, Miranda, we've been talking about content and um, hoping to get into the evolution of content over the last, uh, last decade or so, but uh, we just, we, Jill just mentioned Panda. I know that you've been at a uh, couple of conferences recently, and you've written quite a bit about uh, Panda and what speakers have said about Panda. Quick rundown. What was the Panda update? Um, what is the Panda update is a better way to phrase it, and how does it affect content? Okay, I'll try not to repeat anything that anyone said so far. I did miss a little bit there. I apologize. Um People still disagree on what Panda really is, whether it was manual or if it's an algorithm update, but it affected a lot of the content sites. Um, It affected a lot of e-commerce sites as well. Some people feel they were unfairly affected. But usually when we're looking at the sites that um, the people that are complaining about the Panda update, there are really good reasons why they were affected. If they look at it honestly, it sometimes helps to have someone outside your organization take a look at it, um, whether it's duplicate content or shallow and thin content. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, Gary, it's kind we'll of a... ask... Sorry, Miranda, go. Nope, go ahead. Gary, over the last couple of years, has your approach to SEO changed because of, uh, because of algorithm updates or... Uh the sheer amount of web content out there. I think it definitely has. I mean, uh, putting out good competitive content uh, is is an ongoing evolution. So um, there's always going to be an algorithm change that you know affects you in some way, and, and that makes you go back to the drawing board on strategy. So it, it's it's not like you can just set it and forget it. It's always gonna it's always gonna be something that's gonna affect you, whether it's. So an algorithm change, increase in competition, a new type of content optimization. So it, it really is a, a, a never-ending cycle. One of the things that I, I've seen people get caught up with over the years is 
panic around understanding algo changes. I think a bigger problem for SEOs has been how Google displays search results. Now, Google has more than any other search device out there, or any other device out there, except perhaps Facebook in the future, uh, profoundly affected how web users see the, see the internet. Given how Google is segmenting and then recombining so many different forms of content, um, how, do you, how, do you, how do you keep web design and smart page optimization? Um, how do you keep that straight in your head when looking again at, at so many search result sources? It, it, just like Google alone. Well, this is Tom. I'll, I'll take a stab at that one. Um, and it's basically, you, you follow all the best practices. You, you stay true to the roots. A lot of things that you keep seeing, and, and whether they invent their own standard or whether they you know, mutually agree that we're going to keep these standards, you, you keep your code in compliance with, with HTML standards that are out there or with you know, schema.org is kind of a, a half standard. You know, the search engine said, oh, we're going to agree on this, but you know, frankly, it doesn't go with the, with the W3C's definition of how, how data should be formatted. But you, you keep your content consistent. Don't throw loose stuff out there. Don't, don't throw a, a sentence or two and, and hope that you can get away with you know, copying somebody else's stuff. I mean, it's like anything else. You know, I, I work on a very large university campus, and you know, students want to borrow content whenever they can, and that's, I think that's true of almost anybody. You have that urge to say, well, if I change it X percent, then I, I'm probably fine because it, it won't look exactly the same as somebody else's. But the point is, with everything indexed and all the words out there, you know, if, you, if, you're, if your content looks like somebody else's and, and seems like somebody else's, then you know, that you've that's that's a bad thing, and, and Panda's going to get you, or, or some algorithm change is going to get you, and, and, and that's what it, what it comes down to. But stay true to your roots. Be true to your message. Be true to your audience, and, and make good code. Okay. Where's the... Uh, where? What are the best search results? Um, where's the best place for clients to be found moving into 2012? Again, uh, thinking about how search is segmenting and changing so rapidly. Mobile. Absolutely. <laughs> Local and mobile. Find, okay. find your business listing and claim it and own it on everything, whether that's Yelp or, or Foursquare or any of the, the search engine business pages. Um, and if you've had a problem with them in the past, make sure you're out there. You know, get your feed information out there and, and make sure you can feed the search engines and feed all the social sites. You know, open table and any, any little far-reaching vertical you can find because as as aggregators come and collect data together, if you're not found, you mean you're, you're lost. It doesn't matter what device, what end spot it is. Bing and, and uh, Google are both starting to leverage various places now and trying to pull all that information in, especially, especially Bing with some of the open feeds. Also, um, this is Jill. Um, the, the new site links that Google's doing where they're showing, I think it's 12 um, uh, for 
typically for branded searches. Um, you know, if you, you want to make sure that you're coming up for your brand name for sure. You want to make sure you're getting site links. You want to make sure you're getting the right site links. You can go into your Webmaster Tools account if, you, if you're getting some uh, site links of pages that, that are not really the best ones. You can exclude them. Unfortunately, you can't choose which ones you want them to show, but you can, um, you can certainly tell them which ones you don't want them to show. Uh, in addition, you can somewhat try to... Um, keep your description that they show in the site links um, through your meta description tag. They're only showing maybe the first five words in these new site links, so you, you might want to think about redoing those a bit as well. Now, Jill, how often is your, um, your, your technical approach to content? You, you, you just mentioned how Google is truncating um, descriptions, um, and we know that Google sometimes changes titles. Um, how often does your technical approach to creating content or writing content for client sites change? Um, it typically doesn't change too much, but I, I would say certainly over the past few years, you know, where we used to talk about, you know, and, I, and I'm the one who probably started talking about it, you know, being more descriptive, making sure you get your keyword phrases in a number of times. I, I almost think now you have to back off on that a little bit. Um, you don't, you know, less is, is more oftentimes. Um, you want to use different variations as opposed to the same variation a number of times. So I, I do think that's changed. I think it has a lot less impact than it used to. Um, I, I, I'm seeing e-commerce sites now. I'm hearing from people who were doing great because they had a keyword-rich domain and putting keywords in all the right places, just what you know everyone's always said to do for SEO, and they were killed in Canada, just killed. And it's because they weren't doing anything else, no marketing, no branding, um, no nothing, just these key, just you know hundreds of these keyword-rich domain sites, and um, that's that's they're kind of in trouble. They're going to have to spend some money to do some actual marketing and branding, I think. Um, social media, all that kind of stuff to, to, to pull out of the, the panda mess. <laughs> now, Jill, you, you bring up a really interesting point there when you, when you were touching on social media. Well, a few interesting points in there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on the last one. Um, you're talking about social media, and one of the things I wanted to ask about is in this new sort of world order that we're watching evolved, what is content? Uh, I mean, typically, when we when we all got our got our starts in it, it was putting stuff on the pages, and, and we've talked a lot about that here. But um, with with crawlable Google Plus comments and posts, with social media, what is content now? Yeah, all those things are, are counting. You know, what you say on Twitter, what you say, well, not so much on Facebook at the moment, but what you say in Google Plus, you know, that does become your content. Somebody somebody had a um, article the other day, I think it was from Raven Tools, that said um, that if you, if you um, plus one something on Google Plus, um, that can somehow, if you plus one a picture, I guess, an image, and then you do an image search for your name later, um, those images might show up um, under your name, <laughs> which is a, an interesting <laughs> thing. So all of these little things have impacts on on search and, you know, in various ways. And it's, and it's you know, with Google Plus, it's brand new, so we don't even know everything yet. But I, I do think um, just on the Google Plus thing, there's a lot of, everyone's saying, oh, you know, pluses are going to help your rankings and things like that. I, I really think that's overblown. I think what it, it does is doing currently and probably will do is it's just that people in your circles you'll see their um, 
what their plus wanting will show up in your search results if you're searching for something um, along those lines of what they were talking about. And, and, you know, we've been seeing that already with the social media, with Twitter, um, in Google, and, and now with G Plus as well. Now, I'm, I'm going to do a, a quick follow-up, and this is for anybody who'd like to jump in, but if you can just, just remind or let everybody know um, who, who you are speaking. How do we as marketers, and this is for the audience here, how do we as marketers use these, these social media um, and, and, and now that they're crawlable especially, how are we going to use this as content? Will we be using it to build relevancy to the site? Will it, will it function in and of itself as a, as a fantastic traffic source? Uh, maybe if we can get one answer now and then I know we need to take a break and then, and then we can continue on from there. I'll jump in there, Dave. It's Gary. Um, I think there's definitely a need to, to really cultivate a user base. Um, and what that means is not necessarily you know, putting all your focus into Twitter or Facebook or any one of those social channels, or including Google+. It's basically just finding, finding socially who, who it is that's interested in your products and, and, and cultivating a following, um, whether that's on your site or on the millions of other sites that are you know, in that conversation wheel, um, and really building that over time. Uh, and that's most likely going to do uh, more for you than focusing on one channel per se. Well, does content pay? We're about to answer that question. It's going to take a break here on Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beatstock SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to our two-hour special on content SEO. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. 
You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Culture here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Thursday, September the 1st, 2011. And uh, in this Web Culture, we're joined by Miranda Miller, Gary Schuchlink, Thomas Craver, and Jill Whalen. We're talking content SEO. And, um, well, we were actually just talking about content in the social space. Um... Anybody wants to wants to jump in, uh, specific content, specific users, knowing your users, building an audience. What is content and social? Well, you know, content for social, I mean, it's, it's certainly anything you throw out there, but it's got to be quality, like we've always said. You know, it's really hard online. This is Tom, by the way. I didn't mean to, to just jump right in without saying my name because there's so many of us here. Um, but there's... There's no way online or no easy way online to really build a relationship with a client like you can directly face-to-face or, or at your brick and mortar. So one of the things that's very important for social content is to know that each one of those social channels has a different type of audience associated with it and, and build a relationship with them. And that is not just sell, 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 buy me, buy me, buy me. It is... It is, you know, hey, how you doing today? Hey, there's some cool things happening and, and all kinds of stuff that's not just buy, buy, sell, sell now. And the, there's a time for direct sales. And, of course, you can always ask for that because if you don't, you know, you have a higher chance of losing, losing the sale. But at the same time, you really have to start by building a relationship with customers, especially new ones who don't know you from anybody else in the net. Okay, sorry. My mind just went, uh, went really quiet there for a second. I apologize. Um, a right, question. I, I'm going to open it up, but I'm going to I'm going to start by by directing it to uh, to Miranda here. Um, we've got uh, we've got user experience as a as a signal coming up, and 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 we know that for for a variety of different reasons. So, what is the importance of of quality content for enhancing user experience, and and more importantly, I guess for for the context of the show, um, how is that going to translate into into rankings and or traffic as as we sort of progress forward? Um, so it's Miranda. Um, I think that once you get people to your content, even if it ranks well, first off, you need to keep people on your site reading, um, linking to other resources that you have on the site, making it easy for people to share. Um, that's going to draw new readers to you. Also, it helps your ranking if people aren't just bouncing off the page right away. Um, so if you're focused on creating sort of evergreen content that's not time sensitive, it will grow in ranking over time. Direct Gary, do you have a follow-up? I'll just go through the names. I kind of like what Tom said initially. Um, basically, if you think about content um, as having one or two focuses uh, at max, then you can start to, you know, A, build a relationship with people you don't know. Uh, B, you can start to introduce your products and services, not from a hard sell perspective. And then C, try to close them with the... Uh, with different content, and I think it's it's important that if you if you have um, a schedule or editorial calendar to build the content out with those different focuses in mind, 
um, that it really goes a long way in understanding how you can leverage the content in different ways, different audiences, um, and different mediums. Creating content and ranking content is one thing. SEOs have been doing that for years. Controlling content is another. And, you know, many of us have practices where we're dealing with larger, larger firms, larger corporations, and we don't have direct hands-on control of content that's either created or how it's deployed. We can only advise on it. Um, Jill, how do, you, how do you deal with that problem? You have uh, clients who you've given great advice to, but it's changing so frequently. How do you control their use of their content? Yeah, that is typically a problem. Um, I I don't try to control it. I mean, I I can all I can do is make recommendations, make suggestions. I mean, unless they're they want to actually use my content writers, that's uh, that's another story. But for the most part, you know, we just have conversations and try to um, brainstorm what would be good content and. Um, you know, I mean, that's to me about as best as you can really control it. And I think that's, that's enough. You don't have to uh, control it, um, to, to a, you know, a real hard degree. Okay. Um, this is an open question. Um, all things being, well, I, I would say all things being equal, but they're not. The one thing that is equal is the amount of time we have to put into any given project. And where, well, I guess... The question is, where is the most valuable content deployed? And is that is that different for different clients and different campaigns? Uh, we'll start with Tom. Oh, big spotlight. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's going to it's going to have to depend on on your industry and your vertical. I mean, um, again, I'll, I'll just keep looking inter- internally here to to the university. You know, we have a whole incoming troop of freshmen, and, and I talked to a bunch of high school seniors over the summer, and, and they think email is too slow, and they don't want to go to the web unless they have to. So, you know, to target a message to, to, to that audience and that demographic, you really need to hit Facebook and you need to hit, you know, the various social media, you know, places and, and find other avenues. I mean, there are verticals that are just social sites for colleges. In fact, there's this eHarmony type of site that you know you put in what you're looking for in a college and the students go and have conversations and, and do all kinds of things and it's kind of like matchmaking for the college that you want in the future and and that's one of our big places that you know we want to we want to kind of get out and reach out to and and the students won't sit on our website for for longer than they have to so I guess it depends on the industry before I, I launch into the next question is there anybody else with uh, with an answer to that one I can jump in there, Dave. It's uh, I can jump in there, Dave and Jim. It's uh, Gary again. I think in terms of SEO, um, you know, where do you want to deploy your content on your own site, preferably? Uh, you want to own that medium where the conversation is taking place. Um, you do need to touch other sites, and you need to find those audiences. Um, but in the end, you should have a compelling reason to come to your site in order to uh, in order to attract more people or or in order to track those uh, those niche groups that that should be consuming your content or should be reaching out to you. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. This is Jill. Um, I think you know the content mainly should be on your site. I like to use social media to to drive people to the content, um, but I definitely like the content on the site. And e- you know, even if you're doing email, um, like 
like as we talked at the beginning with my email newsletter, I, I send it out by email, but I still put the content up on the site just as if it were a blog post or anything like that. Um, and even the same, if you if you put content on Facebook, you can put it on your site as well. Now I'm going to jump in with the next one. Now Miranda touched on on something earlier, but I'm going to direct this question, Jill, towards towards you to start. But I'd love to hear everybody's everybody's ideas on it. Um, now Miranda touched on the differences of content links um, versus content for your visitor experience. It may be the same. Of course, there may be some overlap. What is different when you're thinking of how to generate content if what you're trying to do is basically create link bait or, or infographics or these sorts of things versus um, content that you may write that's meant to enhance the visitor experience and provide information? Is there a difference and, and, and how do you determine how to write to these two different different applications? Well, that's actually probably not the best question for me. I, I stay away from linking and link bait, and I, I just sort of, you know, I'm old-fashioned and naive to a certain extent where, you know, I just believe in, in putting out the good content and, and getting the word out about it. So I'm I'm not good about link bait. I, I really don't know that one. Fair enough. Then I'm going to move this over to Gary. Wow, you put me on the spot. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, again, I, I think I would have to agree with Jill. I mean, the best uh, the best link bait is some good quality content. And what makes good quality content these days is not only uh, contextual; it's going to be images, uh, including you know infographics. And I, I think the reason why people like infographics so much, and the, the the reason why search engines favor it, is because of its stickiness. So it's it's very engaging. It makes you think. Um, it's visual. Um, and, you know, moving from a, a World Wide Web back in the day that was all text into images and video, um, really video, I, I don't feel, has gotten that far. It hasn't, hasn't um, been given enough credit in SEO. So I think images are, is probably where text used to be. There's a lot of opportunity there, and uh, it makes good link bait. So, I mean, again, focus. Focusing on quality content is going to get you the links. Um, I like to I like to build links organically f um, f based on quality content. Uh, so yeah, I agree with Jill. And it would seem, and this is Tom jumping in too now. It would seem too that Google likes to rank based on quality links coming back in. Um, even if your if your content your your textual content is thin, if you produce an infographic, which you know, let's face it, people love because it's a great amount of information in a very short amount of time. You can you can uh, need to absorb it. You know, you might have a paragraph or two describing the background and say, "Here's the infographic." And if you know thousands of people link to you, then then you win. And I don't think Google penalizes you for thin content when you have that many good inbound links coming in. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick follow up, and I'm gonna gear this to to Gary because you you touched on video there, um, and if if memory serves, and I may be wrong if I'm if I'm mistargeting a, a quote, I believe it was in San Francisco that you'd actually made a comment on um, an ADHD website and the and the use of videos on that one. If I'm remembering the source of the quote that I'm that I'm thinking of I, from from the chat, right. I think I am, um, and, and maybe you could share that share that with our listeners because it actually encapsulates um, sort of the purposes of video, but how further than that. How do you use video? I mean, that's that's a fantastic idea, and a lot of us don't think of a think of video in the context of content necessarily, because it's not the the typical written search engine fodder that that often we're we're writing towards. How do you use video? Well, that's a loaded question. I could probably talk forever about that 
one. So I'll, I'll try to keep it short, and you can warn me if I'm going too long. But, uh, yeah, video. Um, the, the original question that came up in San Francisco was, uh, um, for my ADD site, should I put video on it? And the answer was, obviously, <laughs> especially given your target audience. Um, but the question, the question more for uh, SEO value is, um, is video hosted on my own site going to make a, a bigger difference than video hosted on YouTube? Obviously, if you control the content on your own site, you can do your own, uh, you know, good or bad job in terms of uh, monetizing it. Um, but then again, there's a very large audience on YouTube uh, where you can where you can generate a lot of interest uh, and there's a lot of um, discovery opportunity there. So, um, video is definitely um, sticky. Um, it could be a little, little bit expensive to produce. Um, for those of us who do have video already, um, that is very, uh, very relevant to the content that we're writing about on our on our blogs or on our, our websites. It only makes sense to include it. Um, universal search the way it is. Uh, people are very interested in consuming a lot of information in a short time, and video does that quite effectively. Well, YouTube is the second most popular search engine after Google and before Bing. Um, and, you know, video searches are certainly on the rise. There's um, articles and sessions dedicated to video optimization. But one of the things that uh, I think video, Twitter, uh, social, and certainly infographics are proving is that people's attention spans are declining rapidly. Um, people, um, I think, uh, Tom, you earlier said that uh, some of the new students coming into, into your school don't want to go to the web. They'd rather get it much faster. And has that change in user behavior, how, how has that affected the business of content creation? Well, you've got to make, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy then, isn't it? Because you have to have, you know, a decent amount of content lest Google will look down upon you for having thin and shallow and, you know, panda-munching content. But at the same time, you know, a lot of our students have a very short attention span, and they want to get in, get the information they want, and get out. And that's not to say that's a bad thing, um, and, and isn't that really the goal? If you can provide a service to your customers or, or to your, your constituents or, or any of your stakeholders, for that matter, and you can get them the information and whatever they need quickly and, and, and fast enough with, with enough content they need to make the decisions and go on with their lives, that is a good thing if you save them time. Indeed. Has that changed the way you make content? Oh, I kind of dodged the question. I was hoping you wouldn't call me on it. Um, <laughs> um, kind Sorry, of. Bro. No, that's cool. Um, kind of. I mean, we, we, we have interesting conversations all over the place where we are creating video contents or, or whatever. And we, we end up with these 8, 9, 12, 15-minute videos, and we sit there and go, okay, well, this is great. This is everything we wanted to say message-wise. Now what do we do because it's way too long? And we have to constantly try to remind ourselves to, to shorten that kind of thing up and make it, you know, more more focused on the attention span. We have these faculty bio pages that are just giant, and, and we're in discussions right now trying to figure out what we can do to break those up, whether categorically or somehow, to, to just show the information that we really, really, really need to have and, and get people the content they want and let other people still be able to find the deeper content that they want. And, and it's an interesting challenge. And, and yes, we're, we're thinking about it and doing it. How is it affecting us? Well, we just keep discussing it all the time because this is academia and we don't do things without lots of data-driven decisions. So, um, but, but at least it's on the table and we discuss it. Well, Miranda, how about you? Has uh, the attention span of the average web user changed the way you create content? Um, for
for sure. I think you really have to know what people are looking for. Um, ask yourself some questions. Has this been done 18 times before? Am I offering something new? Um, if you can find phrases that are leading people to your content, it can kind of give you an idea of what you can do next. Um, if, if they're landing there sort of by accident, you could target that phrase next. So those are a few ideas. Okay, well, on those ideas, we have to take another break here on Webcology. Friends, you're listening to Webcology on webmasturbated.fm. It's Thursday, September the 1st. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. Stay tuned. We're back talking more content after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa. You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language. Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects, Ad Media tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything Ad Media can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. Ad Media, strong ROI made simple. WebmasterRadio.fm, the addiction that 